It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans, even some high school football fans from across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast, version 100 and something. I'm not sure where it lands, but this this was going to be a goodie because uh, you all know by now that Quinn Ewers, the phenom high school quarterback out of South Lake Carroll High School in right outside Dallas, Texas, between Dallas and Fort Worth, Texas, has not only committed to Ohio State, the number one player in the class of 2022, according to On3 Sports, not only is committed to Ohio State, but is enrolling uh, maybe as soon as you're hearing this podcast. Uh, Quinn Ewers decided to go forego his senior season of high school to move on to college football for a lot of reasons, one of which is so he can uh, take advantage of the name, image, and likeness uh, rights, which have been bestowed uh, now college athletes for the first time, uh, which the University Interscholastic League, which governs uh, high school sports in the state of Texas has determined their athletes cannot take advantage of. Uh, that's one of the reasons, but uh, it's also for Quinn Ewers to, to just get on with things. Maybe as good a quarterback as has come down the pike ever, you know, right up there ranked uh, potential wise with Trevor Lawrence and Vince Young. And, uh, you know, it's interesting how things work because I was always going to have, I always planned to have my guest this week, uh, on my podcast in the next coming weeks, no matter what. But it's Bobby Stroop, the founder of uh, APEC, the Athlete Performance Enhancement Center, which he started in Tyler, Texas, has a branch in Fort Worth, which is where he and Quinn Ewers hooked up for the uh, first time, and is now moving on to uh, Overland, Kansas, uh, where he's going to start another branch. But uh, Bobby Stroop uh, has been immersed in this for like uh, going on 16, 16 years, enhancing the uh, development of high school and college athletes and even pro athletes now. And of course, one of his star pupils, I think everybody knows his name, Patrick Mahomes, who first started working with him uh, way back when he was in grade school because of a hookup uh, uh, with his dad. But, but uh, individually, uh, Bobby and his, and his folks started working with him more intensely late in high school and through his years at Texas Tech and continue to work with him uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it's interesting because how these worlds all collide now when it comes to high school, college, and pro football. And, uh, uh, and I want you to pay attention because uh, Bobby makes some interesting observations, Bobby Stroop does, about Quinn Ewers and his potential and uh, what he's seen out of Patrick Holmes and other quarterbacks he's worked with like Jalen Hurts. And uh, it's just, you know, is anybody really ready to step to major college football uh, when they should be stepping into their senior year in high school? No. Uh, physically, probably Quinn Ewers has all the gifts he needs to make that leap, but uh, he's still going to be rubbing shoulders with guys five, six, seven years older than him. Who knows? And I, I get into that with Bobby Stroop, and he says that will be one of the, uh, one of the not stumbling blocks for Quinn, but one of the challenges when he shows up at Ohio State. As soon as he completes that one course he has to finish at South Lake Carroll to be eligible to quote, get his degree and move on. But, uh, you know, without any further ado, let's get into my conversation with Bobby Stroop. I, I found him fascinating. 
And as promised, ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Stroop from APEC joins me now on the Tim May Podcast. Bobby, welcome aboard, my man. I appreciate it. It's, it's really an honor to cross paths with a fellow East Texan. And it's funny how life has brought us to, to, this, to this joint here. And I'm excited yep. to chat today. I was going to say, uh, alumnus of Tom Bean High School. Oh, my goodness, man. Uh, right outside Sherman, Texas. Uh, you know, I grew up in Lufkin and uh, moved to Ohio in, in 1976. But, you know, it's funny how your heart and soul are kind of, as the old saying goes, are, are kind of stuck in one place. And I think now you've actually, you're moving, you're starting a place in Overland, Kansas. But uh, but uh, basically, you know, you started your APEC in Tyler, Texas. I think branched out to Fort Worth, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where you okay. ran into the man of the hour. Uh, Quinn Ewers for the first time. Uh, give people a little bit of an insight into how you and Quinn Ewers uh, first met. Well, actually, his his father reached out and his father had read some articles about some of the work that we've been doing. And we found ourselves in a unique space somewhere in between position coach, uh, strength, and perform, strength and performance, excuse me, uh, and skill development. So the way we, we term it is health performance and player development. So when his father reached out about Quinn, um, he's very unassuming, said, I have this kid that I think could be good. And um, I met with him and I watched and I said, yes, he could be very good. <laughs> so, uh, that was inter- that was the introduction. And, and that's how things got started with us. Hey, how long ago was that, by the way? How many was it months, years? I give, give people an insight of how no, long it's been, you've known him. It's been a few years. So yeah. we were able to get to get him. And this is, I believe, our third year in working with him. And he's made a lot of progress. Now he is in no way uh, at the finish line. And I'm a, I'm a believer in long-term development and Quinn, I don't want to be critical. I'm an advocate for Quinn and I'm a big believer in his ability. Um, he's got some things that you can't just go manufacture. Uh, but as far as, you know, his potential, um, he, he's not even close. I mean, he's, he's 20% of what he could be. He's got a long way he's going to go. And a lot of that is a boy becoming a man. And then some of it is, um, you know, having control of his schedule, the Ohio State's going to have a great opportunity. And, you know, I, I just – I'm a big believer in the young man. I think he's going to do great things. Hey, so uh, real quick, I want to get into this with you. Were you surprised by by his family, his family, but mainly his decision to forego his senior season? Uh, it sounds like guys jumped in the NFL, you know, forego his senior season at uh, South Lake Carroll and jump to the uh, – uh, jump to major college football and uh, opt to enroll early at Ohio State. Were you surprised by that? I know, I know you probably, you know, you were aware of things, but were you surprised he finally made that call? Well, Quinn is a very calculated young man, and he might not talk a lot about things that are on his mind, but once he makes his decisions, um, that's pretty much it. I mean, he, he was with Texas, and then when he flipped, that was it, and there was no real discussion. Um, and I think the same thing here, I – you know, it, this is his family's decision and Quinn's decision. I was not a part of making this decision. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of people that, that, they, that they'll speak to about these things. But at the same time, uh, this was a very personal decision that had to do with opportunities that are in, in the immediate and, and then also long-term opportunities and, and getting started on those things. So that was their decision. I'm fully behind Quinn. I'm excited for his future. And we're moving forward. Uh, Nate, uh... I'm going to get a name, image, and likeness in a minute, which played a major role in this, or at least uh, – <laughs> uh, but emotionally, psychologically, mentally, is he ready to be to now rub shoulders with college football players, uh, some of whom five and six years older than him? What's your, what's your take on that? You've been around him as much as anybody. No, absolutely not. Um, 
I, I don't think he is. I don't think anybody is. And I think, you know, just like you guys have Urban and on and other guys, like that is a part of this process. So he's going into a situation where he's got to humble himself and come in and learn. And he's got to be part of, of knowing the people he's with to become part of that team. And I'm not being critical of Quinn, but no one's ready for that. And you, you, he's got to go up there and he's got to earn every relationship on campus. He's got to go up there and he's got to win his teammates. And he's got to become a man as far as responsibility and being resourceful. And he's got to go do his thing. I know he can do it, um, but he's got to go do it. So to say that he's ready, he's got all the makings of it. He's a great young man. He's got faith. Um, he's got work ethic. He's got ability, but no, he's not ready because he hasn't done it and he hasn't been there and he, he's got to go learn it. Uh, as you watched him progress, though, is, is he, you know, like I said, you've worked with him. At, I think y'all, y'all did it at your, at your Fort Worth place, right? Am I, am I correct about that? Yes. Yeah. So he worked at, at the Fort Worth place and then we, we worked remotely uh, at times as well. Yeah. So, uh, uh, was he a show up on time kind of young man? Was he stay, you know, get there early, stay late? I mean, how would you, how would you describe just that approach? Absolutely. I mean, he's always early. He stays until he needs to be done. I mean, what with us, I mean, one of the great things about Quinn is his team always came first and they should. So yeah. all team responsibilities came first. And then when there was time to do the work that we, we look at our work as sprinkles on the cupcake, not the cupcake itself. And he would come get it done and then get back and never miss anything with his team as he should not. Um, and he was really good about that. The, the young man is very professional. He's very diligent. He's very um, good with his ability to communicate and, and understand what needs to be done versus what, what other people and their demands and needs around him are. And he's going to do very nicely with that. That won't be an issue at all. Uh, is from what you've been around him and you know talked with him a little bit. I mean, is it his intention to show up at Ohio State and compete for the starting job from the get go? And I ask that that's kind of a stupid question, only because of course he wants to compete. You know what I mean? Whether whether he can be in the thick of it early on remains to be seen. But uh, is that his intention to try to? I mean, I remember when Art Schleister showed up here in 1978, you know, and, and got the starting job basically through preseason camp, and they moved the incumbent to wide receiver. Now, they're not going to move any of these three guys. He's going to be competing with the wide receiver, I don't think. But is it his in, intention to show up and compete immediately for that starting job? What, what's just what's your take on that? Well, I think Quinn is really good about internally focusing on his development. And so I think yeah. while Quinn is one of the most competitive uh, athletes I've ever worked with and to see his best you can put him in a competitive situation he's going to thrive and some people shrink he, he thrives I've seen it time and time again with him uh, in any environment whether I have professional athletes there or other high school kids he really is a competitor but I think that one of the Quinn's best attributes is an internal focus on his improvement and I think what you're going to find is this kid improves at a rate that other other athletes have not been able to match and that truly is one of the things that makes him special is that he does have the, the ability to track his improvement and focus on his improvement and not let the outside competition affect his mental approach. And um, I know this, this kid is going up there to win the job, but I also know that he's not going to be discouraged about where he's at on the depth chart in relation to his rate of improvement. And that's something that we want to make sure to impress upon the young man. And I think that he does have that mindset. Yeah, that's pretty much what Ryan Day tells his quarterbacks all the time, you know, 
improvement every day, you know, improvement every every rep or whatever. That's that's what they're looking for. I asked him, you know, what's going to knock your socks off when it comes to these guys competing for their starting job this year? This is before, obviously, Quinn made his decision, but it's it's not one big big play, you know. It's one. It's not one Patrick Mahomes look this way and throw that way kind of play. It's the cumulative effect. I mean, uh, it's the snowball effect, right? That you, that that. And I would think Quinn Quinn understands that, like you just said, right? He does understand that. And he knows, that, look, he's going up here to get started on the work. He's got, not anxiety, but he's anxious to get to work. And he wants to get better. And he wants to improve. And he knows that this is ultimately the platform that he's going to be um, from, coming from. And he wants to go ahead and get started with his team. And I, I don't think it's really um, one of those things about coming in and, and saying, okay, I'm going to start right now. It's more or less come in there and get better, compete. And then when your time is there, be ready to play. And I think that's, this is in his mind, this is the best way to be ready is to get started now. Yeah. By the way, how old is he's, he's already 17 or is he 18 yet? I'm yep. trying to remember. You, you may not know. I, I saw, I, I saw think his, he's 17. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm I, not sure. I saw his birthday uh, the other day and I was just trying to remember, but uh, here's what I want to get to. Uh, first time you ever saw him, first time you laid eyes on him, uh, when, and I'm not talking about, you know, wow, he's got a mullet. I'm talking about uh, what struck you about him from a physical sense, from a uh, maturity sense? What just struck you about him uh, three years ago when y'all first when y'all first met? And I mean, I, I mean, you know, basically not just you met, but I mean, on the field, et cetera. What struck you about him? Well, it takes a minute to get around the mullet. <laughs> So uh, the first thing is his appearance. And what I love about it is, you know, this little, this community that he's from, South Lake Carroll is a great tradition. They've got a fantastic football program. Uh, Riley Dodge does an incredible job. And um, they have dyed their hair blonde since the 90s when I played high school ball. So that's a thing they do. Now, the mullet is kind of a thing that's new with them, but, but Quinn's not the first, but he's definitely the one that's done it the best. Um, the first thing that, 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 that I noticed is he's very comfortable in his skin. He doesn't need to be like other people. His body language is very calm. He's very controlled, emotionally level. Um, these are things that a lot of people don't associate with athletic performance, but in fact, your spiritual, mental, and emotional energy is very important at the quarterback position. And I was very, I was very pleased to see that in our first interactions that he has a level of maturity that some people can never attain. He's got that very naturally. And I think that's a testament to what his parents have done and his environment and people around him and himself. Um, you know, he's very comfortable having a mullet and being who he is. And I, I don't see Quinn as a, as a kid that can really be pressured into doing anything. He makes his own decisions and, and he thinks the way he thinks on his own and he will listen to you. Um, but for a kid this age, that's been impressive to me. And that honestly, I know you, you're probably wanting me to say, well, the layback and the flexion and extension and rotation of his shoulder and all these things. And yes, we can get into the physical attributes, but if I'm honest with you, that's the first thing that stood out to me. No, that's what I, to be honest with you, that's exactly what I was hoping you'd say only because, you know, that's, I think that separates the good from the great. I mean, I had, uh, CJ Stroud's, uh, former high school coach on a couple of weeks ago, you know, the kid, one of the kids, uh, Quinn's going to be competing with. And, uh, you know, when I, I, I look, think back to Russell Wilson playing in Ohio Stadium for Wisconsin and just the smoothness he had under all kinds of duress and things. I watched video of Quinn reminds me of a lot of those kind of guys 
kind of reminds me of a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Do you remember working with Patrick Mahomes? You still work with him, don't you? Yes, sir. Um, I'm Patrick's personal coach. Yeah. And we work, we, we spend over 500 hours a year together. And um, there's, some, there's some similarities. Now, Quinn has not earned the right to be compared to Patrick in a lot of ways. But if you, if you do some side-by-side video, um, there are some attributes they share. Now, um, I'm not being critical of Quinn, but he doesn't deserve to be compared to Patrick. Yeah. Now, um, one thing that's been really fun for me is to work with Quinn and Patrick separately and people not even know that they're work that the same coach works with them. And then for them to, to start linking that together and then for people to finally see them training together in a picture and think, Oh my gosh, you know, how, you know, so it's just kind of been a funny thing. Um, but Patrick has been commenting on Quinn's throwing for a couple of years now and he, he'll send me messages and he, he's shared some of Quinn's stuff and they finally met this year. And it was, it was special to see that kind of leadership ecosystem uh, kind of living on its own. And, you know, they have, they, those two guys have a similar disposition personality wise. Patrick was not a talkative kid um, when he was younger and his leadership style was unique, even to the point where a lot of colleges thought it just he couldn't be a quarterback because of the way his disposition was. And I think Quinn has been labeled that way socially some. Um, it's a different style, and they're, mm-hmm. they're different. Those two guys are very comfortable with who they are, and they're, they're creative people, and that is expressed in the way that they play the game. And I think, you know, Quinn is going to hone his skills and learn how to – when to use that creative flair and when to be more based in the fundamentals. He's still got some work to do on that, which is expected. And I know the coaches at Ohio state are going to really, really help him. Um, just like his coach uh, Riley has in high school, but I'm not going to lie. There are things that are comparable, but people need to remember Patrick Mahomes was not highly recruited quarterback. And he wasn't the starter of his quarterback or of his high school team outright until you know the third game in his junior year so he didn't have this fanfare I mean all this stuff that people are all excited about Quinn for they thought it was what was wrong with Patrick so it's been kind of fun for me to see this come full circle and then all of a sudden these things Quinn is doing um they're so great but when Patrick did it it's like well you can't play like that You, you shouldn't do these things and um that's been fun for me to experience personally but Yes, they do have some parallel physical attributes, and um, there are some things that remind me of Quinn's development as far as where he's at now and where he needs to go with his base and his footwork and his platform and being able to repeat his throwing motion and different things like that. They're not there yet. And Patrick has – I've seen the maturation and the development that Patrick has made over the past, you know, 10 years. That's really something that I'm hoping – Quinn can take his own path and it's going to be different, but I can see where it is now and where it needs to go. Did, did, how did you hook up with Patrick? You know, and people <clears throat> who are just tuning in or, or don't know where he's from. He's from the Tyler, Texas suburb of White House. <laughs> uh, you know, I, every time I've driven through White House, that's my back way to Lufkin. I go right through the middle of White House, you know, instead that's of going right. down 69, you know what I mean? There's that bag, there's that farm market road or whatever, but, uh, uh, but White House, I mean, uh, just a, almost a blink on the map of what it used to be. Now it's growing. It's exploding, right? But uh, did you hook up with – how did you hook up with him? Did he seek you out? Because I think your first your first uh, headquarters – matter of fact, it may still be in Tyler, right? Tyler, Texas, the Rose Capital of the World? 
That's right. So the Rose City. So I moved to Tyler in 2005 and started a company on a grass field and it was called Accelerate. And then when we finally got a, a training facility that was really a lawnmower garage, it was in uh, 2007 and we put Performance Enhancement Center under the door. Well, that's a lot of words, okay? So people yes. just started calling it APEC and then we got here. But I, I met Patrick through his father. So his father was doing a comeback. Uh, to baseball and wanted to do some trials and get himself back into shape. And um, I had some major league baseball players I was training at the time. Uh, my background is I did a fellowship in therapy. I'm also a registered strength conditioning coach. So I was working out of a PT clinic, helping with Tommy John rehabs post PT, but returned to competition and play. Yeah. And I, de- I developed a relationship with some of the major league guys and we were working and this is a small town. So to have those guys there was a big deal for the city. And, Pat Sr. wanted to work in with him and try to make this comeback. Well, we had a good experience. He didn't quite get back on a team the way he wanted, but he made a great run and made great improvement. And we started having conversations about getting his son in there. And his son, you know, it was different than him. So Pat Sr. is built different than Patrick. Pat Sr. is more of a um, track and field body type, very, very tight to fast twitch athlete, very explosive, long jump, high jump, you know, all these things, very explosive. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, Jackson Mahomes is that way too, but Patrick is not. So Patrick is different than his dad. And I think there were some discussions we had about that. It's like, look, the kid is obviously can throw a ball and, you know, he can hit, he can, but he just, his movement is, you know, he doesn't judge things are different. So we started working together and I wasn't his personal trainer. He, he was in our groups. I mean, I only did groups. I didn't do personal training. He were pro athletes. And, um, he was in our groups from fourth grade all the way up. And then as he got into high school, we did a little more specialization, but mainly groups, probably 15 to 20% personals and not, not much of that. Um, and then as they got into college, we spent more time together in breaks. And then since he's been a professional, since even before he was drafted, we spent several hundred hours a year um, really trying to take things to the next level. So does Quinn Ewers have a no-look pass? Have you developed that yet? Yeah, well, this is this is gonna this is where we're gonna have a little bit of a thing here. I, you know, I Patrick doesn't throw no look pass, um, and I know that's what it looks like. But all he's doing is he's he's being efficient. He's stopping his motion, and if if your head and your front side arms stop, then everything else turns fast. It's it's a it's a pendulum effect, and um, he's throwing the pass. So I don't really think it's a no look pass. I think he's just being efficient. That's that's my stance on. It. Where's the first time you but ever yeah, back, did you and him develop that though? Kind of like I taught my my youngest brother how to throw a sinker ball, and he dominated little league back in Lufkin for a while. Did you? you know, he's going he's going to laugh when he hears that. He listens to all my podcasts, but he did dominate. Uh, but did y'all develop that uh, technique together? Or did, did he just did he show that one day, and you went, oh, oh my goodness, let's let's work on that. Well, I think it'd be a stretch to say I developed that with him, but uh, but we do something called locomotion throws where I put him in different symmetrical and asymmetrical moving patterns. And then when we call for the ball, the goal is to get the ball as fast as possible. Now, this is not great for throwing technique, but this is really good for mobility of the spine and efficiency in the throwing motion. Um, and also making sure that the body knows how to gather itself and have a real and relative uh, rotation. Yeah. So it's more of a spine speed, spine coordination, footwork drill than it is really an arm path drill. Anyway, just in doing those things, he started shortcutting things because he would get tired. So he would just stop and throw the ball. And those things progressed really quickly. 
Now, the first time, that, as I know it, that he ever did any of this was with his uh, backup quarterback at Texas Tech. Now, I don't remember if that was before or after we started doing some of these drills, and, and that's not important to me, but that what's really cool to see is that he's gotten really comfortable. And the best throws I've seen Patrick make have not been on camera. They've been – so every throw I see in a game or anything else, I've seen something better. Um, there's some film – someone filmed this one day. We were inside because it was raining, and we were doing locomotion, and he was doing a backpedal, and he just threw it behind his back. And he does those things all the time, and it's not like I say, okay, I want you to throw behind your back. It's wherever he's at, when I call for the ball, he's got to get it to me as soon as he can. And so he's just got such a point guard type of mentality um, that he's learned to deal the ball in a variety of ways. And it's not hokey. I mean, it's, it's something that he's worked on. I mean, he's, he's worked on it. And um, Quinn does that same training method. Now it's not a big part of what we do, but we do it at least once a week. And you can see some of that in Quinn's game. He's very comfortable making throws from different positions. And I would be lying to you if I didn't think that that's a big part of our training system for quarterbacks, because it is. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, he reminds me of a guy. I think great quarterbacks are like great point guards, like you just pointed out. I did a story on Mike Conley Jr. when he was playing for Ohio State that one year with Greg Oden. And he just – he saw the floor. I mean, he saw things that other average human beings don't see. I'm talking about peripherally and things like that. And could focus could focus on them while it looked like he was looking you square in the eye. You know what I mean? And uh, and I, I I think a lot of the great the great quarterbacks like a Tom Brady and some of those Patrick they have that ability to fool you even while they're looking. They, you think they're looking right at you and they're not. They're looking at this guy over here, this guy over here because that's part of it, right? I agree. You know, Tom is such an anomaly. I mean, we can all learn so much from him. And what a technical model. I mean, his throwing motion is just flawless. Yeah. Um, one step ahead on the thought process all the time, the, the epitome of professionalism. Um, what, a, what a great player. Now, we really want to beat his butt, but I respect the heck out of him. He is the best, that's for sure. Hey, Bobby, what got you in? You, know, you played high school football. You were a really good high school football player, Tom Bean. Um, you went on and played at Southeast Oklahoma State uh, as, a, you know, as a quarterback, I do believe. Probably, uh, 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 I'm not saying, well, how would you describe your game in, in college? Was it gritty? How would you describe it? Well, I'll put it this way. I led the conference in uh, penalties three or four years in a row. <laughs> so, so you thought about um, becoming a hockey player at one point. Go ahead. <laughs> I think I might have been a hockey player that was mixed up. So, yeah, yeah I, I, was a, I was a ruffian. I was a physical player, and it's funny because I'm a small guy. Um, but I loved contact. Um, I was a very, very, very poor man's Tyron Matthew type of player. Um, I was I was somebody that wanted to be up at the line, but also wanted to defend the pass. I was a kick returner. Um, I double signed for track and football, but the Title IX stuff took track away when I got there. So I was a 100-meter guy. I was, but the thing is, I was fast, but I couldn't cover. So really, the biggest part of my game was – um, I would hit you. But if there was time for a double move, I was probably in trouble. <laughs> but here's the thing I want to get to, man, because you got into this, you got into this fairly quickly, this line of work that you're in now. And and when I, I have to pinpoint it, uh, and I'm just, you know, you and I just met and stuff uh via Zoom here. Thank you. Thank you, folks, for developing Zoom. But I'm thinking one of your major right. strengths as a just an individual is observation, because observation. Uh, and by observation, that, that takes into account a lot of things, but uh, the, basically, uh, 
observing the way people operate, how they can operate more efficiently, how they can like take it to another level. Would you agree that that's one of your strengths as you look back on it now and developing this, the APEC and, and everything else? I think it's a key component. You know, when it, as a young coach, I was too focused on trying to teach the things that I thought I did well. And then yeah. as I matured and learned from some of my mentors, what I focused on is, you know, you need to, you need to find more what, what do they need, not what you think your gift is. Or maybe since, she, since I used to run fast, I thought I should focus on speed. And that was an immature approach. So, yeah, I think observation and listening and understanding the bigger picture if, if you told me, okay, a few years ago, a, a decade ago, you said, Bobby, you are going to not focus as much on weight room numbers and 40 times, but you're going to focus more on the big picture as far as creative approach, being resourceful, mental, spiritual, emotional um, it, training. And you're going to focus more on biomechanical analysis. You're going to focus more on technical and tactical approaches to performance, teaching athletes, here's your gifts. These are how we're going to nourish these gifts. And this is how you should use them tax, taxly in the game. I would have told you you were crazy, but my athletes have taught me a lot. And, and one thing that, that I can say in coming from where we came from, we went from the bottom up. So what that means is we have literally seen kindergartners get to the professional level that started with us mm -hmm. 40 or 50 times in six different sports. Wow. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not telling you I know what to do, but here's what I do know. I know what some of the people say you have to do is not true because I've seen it. So a lot of people that are giving advice are from the top down. They work from the, with the best in the world, but they've never seen the development to get to that point. Yeah, now we have. And so that has really changed my approach in the way that I look at physical development for athletes. And so, yeah, I would tell you that, you know, I've changed my approach a lot. And I do value observation as a key component for a coach. Anybody can have a program, but the coach's eyes, what they think, what they can identify, what they say, that's what makes the difference when all of this. A lot of people have Urban Meyer's playbook, okay? Yeah. But no one's Urban Meyer. And Ryan Day is a fantastic coach in his own right. But you get what I'm saying. It's yes. not the same. There are differences between coaches, and it's not just their playbooks or their systems. It's, it's everything else, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean – Used to, I'm, I'm getting used to it because that's exactly what I've been thinking about forever. I mean, Wayne Gretzky was not a very good coach, you know, because <laughs> uh, right. people, people didn't play the game the way he played it. And I would think it'd be very difficult for a guy who was as creative and stuff as he was. You can't put that in somebody's head. But what you do is right. you take that person, you take Quinn Ewers, walks up and he's 6'3", six, six, probably, you know, 6'2", 190 or whatever when you met him. Who knows, 180. But you can see the, the potential in him. But you also – you peruse what he's all about makeup wise. And, 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 and the same thing with like Patrick Mahomes, you don't practice necessarily that particular pass, you know, that just comes out of nowhere, no. but you have him prepared no. physically and metaphysically really to do it. You know what I mean? To, to trust himself to do it and stuff. And that's, that that's intriguing to me. That's, that's really the cutting edge of, uh, of, of, for one of another term, coaching as we see it today, right? Well, I think it's where we fit. I mean, the high school coaches in Texas do a fantastic job of hitting the finer points of strength and conditioning. So instead of overlapping on that, right. we try to find value in some other, some other spaces that make sense. So with Quinn, our opportunity has really been focused on the spinal engine, you know, the, the spine between the neck and the belly button, um, and then focusing on his arm, 
as far as the development of the shoulder girdle, flexibility with his upper body. That's really been our focus. So when he gets in a college strength conditioning program, my expectations are that he gets a lot better because we have not been able to focus on um, a lot of things that are going to help him reach his potential. And when he has the time and when he has the energy and he has the expertise around him, that's, he's, gonna, he's going to thrive. I mean, he really is going to thrive. It's going to be remarkable, the transformation he makes when he gets there. And um, I think that's what he's excited about. And I think that's why he made that decision. And make no mistake, this was Quinn's decision. Um, you know, th- there are advantages of playing out high school from a social development standpoint. Uh, being the alpha is always a great place to learn leadership skills. And he's giving up some of that and that's that and he's got his reasons. And so does his family. Um, so there's, there's obviously reasons why it's important to do those things, but in this circumstance, um, I am excited and optimistic about the benefits and the things that he's going to be taking on. Hey, last thing, what, what is, give people a little insight, you know, uh, what is the most amazing thing you've seen him do? Uh, or they be on the practice field watching. I don't know if you got to go to these games live, but just watching him on, maybe watching him on video, but just on the football field, what's the most amazing thing you've seen him do yet? Because he, you know, the thing, the thing I look at a guy like that, he can stand back there in the pocket and eat you up all day, but what sets him apart, what sets Patrick Mahomes apart, even what sets Tom Brady apart is keeping plays alive and, you know, seeing the field, et cetera, but also having the confidence and the ability to then make that play. But I'm just wondering, what is something that just jumped out at you that told you he was unique in his own in his own right? Well, first off, when you look at him throwing the ball, it, the, the, degrees, the degrees of rotation and range of motion that he gets in his shoulder yeah. are probably top, two, probably top 2% in the world. So I've had the privilege of throwing the hardest – are, are coaching and training the hardest throwing baseball player of all time at 105.7 miles per hour. And I've also worked with Patrick and I've worked with some other hard throwing athletes, with, uh, over a dozen hundred mile an hour arms. Um, and Patrick and Quinn are the only athletes that I know that can access those ranges of motion really from any position that their body is moving. Wow. And that requires a very unique skill set with your thoracic spine to be able to even get the body in the position where the shoulder can load. That is incredibly unique. You've got a few athletes in the NFL that can do this right now. You've got Matthew Stafford. You've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, after that, I don't know. Russell really doesn't have that range of motion, but he's phenomenal. Um, you know, there's obviously people that have better technical model, but I'm talking just physical attribute here. Yes. Okay. It's, it's different. And, it, and if you see it live, it's different. And that's why that people will say that Quinn's ball speeds up. It's because when you access the, those ranges of motion, the type of momentum you have through your finish, it creates a spin on the ball that, that is going to make it feel like it carries or even rises at times. And it is impressive to see. Um, and that is something different that will take people some time to get used to because it doesn't take three throws for you to see why the kid is different. You, you're not going to make up that with any type of training. You can nourish it. You can make it better. But it is something – I mean, that's the juice right there. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, as far as the most impressive things I've seen him do, a lot of people don't know last year he played through a tremendous amount of uh, pain. He had some things he could disclose if he wants. But basically – you know, I think in the state championship game, he had broken ribs and another element that we had been dealing with since October. 
Um, but, but what I will say is that he's done a lot of reverse field movements, launched the ball 50 yards on a dime, but switching his hand over and throwing left-handed pass. I think I, I was proud of the fact that he had the courage to solve that problem that way. Um, in the way to manipulate his body in space. It's impressive to me, a guy that size. But beyond that, the most impressive thing I've seen is he and Patrick and Sam Ellinger, who is, who is now in a position to compete with the Colts um, and was at Texas, they're all training together. And I, I'm a coach, therapist, quasi, whatever you want to call it, but I love to work with a quarterback coach because I think the more people that can collaborate, the better. And Jeff Christensen, is a quarterback coach for Patrick Mahomes. And I brought him in to work with Quinn uh, periodically as well. Now, a guy like him has a very unique approach on the throwing motion and the efficiency of that. And he's very good with footwork at the quarterback position. Now, I, I like to equip them with feet. So think of it this way. I like to build a race car. I like to refine a race car. But I don't tell the driver how to drive it. Okay? Yes. The quarterback coach coaches the driver how to drive the car. I don't do that. You're never going to hear me tell somebody to read this angle and get your arm here. That's not what I do. I want them to have the degrees of freedom to do that. And I can see the holes in the biomechanical chain. Anyway, I'm digressing. So no, that's good stuff. Quint, Quint's feet aren't good. Now he's a, he's a freak. So he makes anything work, but I've seen Jeff, give him information and I've seen Quinn get it down in 30 minutes where I've seen other quarterbacks take eight weeks, seven weeks, you know, nine weeks. Yeah. That's the most impressive thing about Quinn is watching him train with Sam and Patrick and watching Sam and Patrick. And then we had, and Jalen Morton, another NFL quarterback and another NFL quarterback. And those guys saying, this is special. I mean, for Patrick, this Patrick has seen Trevor Lawrence, He's been, he was a camp counselor there. Obviously, he knows what he does, and he's watched Quinn. And for Sam and Patrick to watch Quinn and see those things and have feedback, um, you know, that, that, that kind of basically solidifies my thought process and that this kid has something. Now, he's got to go do it. He's not there. But it's impressive to watch how quickly he can improve. That's the most impressive thing about him. Wow. Hey, man, I appreciate you joining us. By the way, I know you're a Quinn Ewers fan. Are you now an Ohio State fan, or do you have to remain neutral because of all of these entanglements you have in your in your profession? Well, one thing I like to tell people is I'm a fan of the players, not the team. And, yeah. um, but, I will, but I will say this. In this situation, um, you know, currently I'm an Ohio State fan because Quinn Ewers is playing for Ohio State. So, you know – I will be donning Ohio State gear. I'll put it that way. That's for sure. Is he in good hands at Ohio State? You, you know, you know of Ryan Day. You know of Corey Dennis, his quarterback coach. Yeah. Urban Myers, you know, more famous probably for being Urban Myers' uh, a son-in-law. But I mean, you know, he's coming along big right. time as a quarterback coach. But do you feel he, you know, what's the reputation or I guess of Ryan Day out there? You know, among among guys like you that study the game. Well. I think they've done a phenomenal job. The program speaks for itself. And, you know, Urban Meyer has – he always has done a good job. But Ryan has created his own way here. And I'm a fan of Mickey Marodi and his program. Yeah. And uh, Corey Dennis has done a phenomenal job, has a great career going, has options. He doesn't have to be at Ohio State. He's a great coach. Yeah. And Ohio State is one of the best jobs in the country 
regardless college or pro. So, you know, obviously this is an incredible staff and they, it's, it's an honor to, for Quinn to have this opportunity and have people that are held in this high regard with their expertise that want to pour into him. So it's an incredible opportunity that Quinn has. And what he's got to do is go maximize his resources here. And he's got to make sure he receives coaching on the highest level is good at self-reflection focuses on improvement every day. And if he does that, I think these people around him have a proven track record to take people to the places that I think Quinn ultimately wants to go. And um, I think that's important. I think it's very important. Bobby Stroop, thank you very much for joining the Tim May podcast from uh, one fellow East Texan uh, to another. By the way, I was born in Alabama, saw Joe Namath play uh, from 62 to 64 on two good knees, as I like to say, before HBO did. Then we moved to Texas in 65. But once you've been in Texas, you're a Texan, kind of like Davy Crockett, right? (laughs) That's right. Texas forever. That's right. Bobby Stroop, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, Bobby. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate Bobby Stroop joining the Tim May podcast. I know I profusely told him that, but uh, this these are interesting times, interesting times, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, with name, image, and likeness, and everything else going on out there, that's just is changing the college landscape as we speak. Guys committing, decommitting, and now here you've got Quinn Ewers uh, giving up his senior year in high school so he can enroll. I guess you call it early at Ohio State, but if he's got his degree and uh, he's eligible, I wouldn't call it enrolling early. I just call it enrolling. But uh, how quickly he can assert himself on the football field uh, in that derby between C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, and uh, uh, Kyle McCord remains to be seen. This is going to be very interesting because too many people have said too many good things about this Quinn Ewers and uh, his ability to – both to maybe psychologically handle things as it as he uh, as he moves on in and gets to know people, but physically he is definitely different. I mean, he's one of those rare commodities that comes along. And how long do you keep him down, so to speak? You know, and uh, there might be all kinds of options out there for Ohio State to bring him along as the season progresses. And uh, heck, you may you may see him later in the year, uh, maybe stepping in. Who knows? I mean, uh, if Ohio State gets to the playoffs. Uh, who knows? I mean, they're going to have this secret weapon maybe coming off the bench. You know, it remains to be seen. Uh, but I know it's going to be an interesting season no matter what. It was going to be interesting in the quarterback room even before Quinn Ewers uh, decided to make this move. Uh, and now for Corey Dennis, the quarterback's coach, and for Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson, the uh, offensive coordinator, wow, you know, uh, <laughs> you know you've got this – it's kind of like a big-time – uh, baseball pitcher, you know he's you know he's going to be ready sooner than later. How wait? How late do you wait to use him? Uh, do you wait a whole year to use him? Do you bring him along and use him late in a year? Uh, that remains to be seen. I would think you might do the latter. Uh, make no rush on him to develop. Let him learn things, etc. And like I said, mesh with his uh, new teammates. But uh, you know you can't keep a good man down. And I did make that analogy. Uh, remember watching Art Schleister come come from Miami Trace right outside Washington Courthouse um, way back in 1978 and started his first game on campus as a freshman against Penn State. Got the pooey knocked out of him by Penn State. I don't think they kept sack stats back then, but it probably would have been about 150, which is more tackles than there were that whole day. But, uh, you know, there will be a price to be paid by Quinn Ewers 
as he learns the college game. But like I said, you know, if he's as talented as everybody makes him out to be, you definitely keep your eye on him as this year goes along. You don't just stick him to the side and uh, a lot, waiting for a tulip to pop. You know, he's probably already a tulip. He just needs to bloom. But you know what? We'll see what happens as this as this year goes along. Is definitely going to be an interesting moment in the history of Ohio State football. But, you know, until next week, this is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. We'll see you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.